0: Welcome to your typical shono protagonist. He's Kai. I'm Kels. And this week we're talking Megalobox. First off, Kai, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing a lot better than Junkyard Joe. Yeah, man. Junk uh, what's his name? Junk Dog? Yeah. yeah certainly j- better than him when we meet our, our main character of the series. So we're talking Megalobox. And Megalobox is like the 50th anniversary anime that's sort of honoring its original source of material of Ashita no Joe, which is one of these boxing animes, which we have a couple of, right?
1: Yeah, we do. We have Hachi no Ippo. We have, um, the others that have escaped my mind, but yeah, we got a few.
0: Yeah. Like just those two, just, just Ashita (laughs) no Joe and, uh, Hachi no Ippo. Uh, but like a bunch of different other sports and martial art anime, um which we are still seeing coming out currently like uh other than the one off random stuff like uh what's the one about the butts oh um kaijo yeah other than kaijo we have like more serious stuff like haiku i mean yeah haiku series
1: and i, I do love haiku probably one of the best sports anime i would say um but we can't sleep on kaiju
0: no nah, I man hey i I'm, I'm not not a near one judge kaijo sorry kaijo yeah it's it's lit, man. Got them attacks in different like arenas. I haven't watched it, but yeah, man. <laughs> I'm here for it. Um yeah. but no Megalobox sort of came out of nowhere for me. Um I remember watching it originally, like, all right, futuristic boxing, cool, classic art style, cool, great hip hop soundtrack, reminiscent of like the classics, cool. And it came out of nowhere. Just like suddenly, surprised, you didn't know Ashito no Joe was existing, but we didn't make this for you. We made this for the Japanese folk who knew about Ashito no Joe 50 years ago.
1: Yeah, and it just kind of like, like you said, it just happened. And it was one of those things where it was like, oh my gosh, like you got to go watch this. And like everybody I know, like in the friend group was like, yeah, watch this, it's dope. And we did because it wasn't like one of those things where like someone just has to like hey, hey, watch it, watch it, watch it. It's like everybody had kind of already found it and discovered it on its own. And we all just got to be simultaneously
0: hyped about it. And it's one of those shows where it's like, it's so great, but I look at it right now and I go, why is this not on the lists I've been like hearing about? Like, why is this not on like the top 50 lists I'm looking at? Like, is it just because it's so young in terms of like this iteration? Or was it really just... Well, like thirteen episode flash in the pan. Here's I a mean, really great story and experience, but we're just not going to talk about it.
1: See, I feel like it's it was good. Like I feel like it was great, honestly, and I just feel like it could have a not gotten not gotten that much exposure, or b it was. I mean, it's in the top three hundred anime of all time on Annie List. It's two eighty nine, and it's got like a. I mean, Scores don't matter, but it's got like a seventy-seven. Like I would personally give it like a nine, eight point eight, like yeah. minimum, because it's just so there's so much condensed into it that you don't see in a lot of modern day anime, like let alone in thirteen
0: episodes. So, I, let's I talk just about, yeah. Let Let's talk about those. Like, uh, so there's a bunch of facets that like call back to the old way, right? One of those is certainly the art style. Like the line work being non-complete and, and 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 wavy and the the shading of the characters, the actual dimensions and depictions of the characters in their like physical physique really calls back to the old way. Back when you know animation was the, the style was a facet of the way people drew and the restrictions of the medium. You, you think of like, like film grain. Oh yeah, we, we want something that will look retro. We put some film grain on it, even if it's digital. Um, that's, the film grain exists because that's how things were recorded on film. So to, to, for me to see a, a show like this come out in a, a 100% digital age and implement this sort of classic line work hand drawn style throughout the entire show and execute it incredibly well was
1: wild also feel like yeah i agree 100% and i also feel like the landscape like the that was drawn in it as well was just so yes. like beautiful and simplistic like it's very reminiscent of what I'm probably going to say a lot on this podcast. Very reminiscent of the Cowboy Bebop, Trigun area. And more so since it's like the kind of where we see Joe at, at the beginning is more reminiscent of the Trigun era, like of that type of out west mentality opposed to where we move into the futuristic stuff when he goes to go box into the Cowboy Bebop area and or era. So it's just good to see... That it has, like, that new... And, and this, for me, was something that I could say... Because I, I felt like I'd been missing something. When I first got into anime, when I first saw, like, the art style, it was kind of, like, rugged, and I really missed that because everything just seems so precise. And saying that you can update that rugged look with, like, today's technology and still get a beautiful aspect out of it is what
0: I was really here for. Yeah, man. Totally. Uh, Like, this whole show is both a callback to anime's history along with being an incredible execution of a great story um the art style to me really like i i was looking at the show and i was trying to figure out all right what does this say and originally certainly it was all cowboy bebop all trigun all of that mid late 90s uh anime but when i got to actually thinking about it the music sort of screamed the uh, this sort of Nuja hip hop screams cowboy bebop, samurai sample. Um but the art style actually just like calls back like the eighties. Like going farther back to like when Ashita Nojo was animated by TMS Entertainment. And sort of that sort of style, I think more Ronma one half than I do like Yu Yu Haka show when I look at the sh- when I see the show. Um, but the music certainly is more modern. It it screams the classics in terms of the things we've been talking about. Trigun, uh, Samurai Champloo, and Cowboy Bebop. No, I agree. And it does,
1: it has like a compilation of a bunch of different things, which is why I really enjoy it. And I felt like that was almost... Kind of, I would guess say, buried in there because it just felt like such a like a gift per se. It just felt like it was really
0: nicely wrapped in between all that. So yeah, like it didn't stick out. It was one part of the whole, but it didn't feel like it was, oh, look at us just trying to be this classic show or that classic show. Like everything tied together with the goal of making a great product. And you didn't feel like One Piece really took you out.
1: No, 100%. And, like, speaking of that, moving to the next subject of, like, the music in this was so good. Like, we have Mabunta or Mabuna. I'm going to... I'm sorry for jacking up yeah, your man. name. I'm um, going to risk it. <laughs> Mabanua. Mabanua, Mab-
0: I think. Mabanua.
1: Yeah. My oh um, sure. He legitimately, like, just... I can't tell you how m- much I listened to the theme. Like, just the theme titled Megalobox. And because it is... It has that perfect, like, hype. And it's just... It's so good. And, like, it has that new Jabez type flow. Like, I'll almost, like, rest his soul. I almost was like, did he come back for this? Was, like, this is unreleased stuff? Like... Where did this come from? Because he is just, for lack of a better word, a beast. Like my Manuba is. Oh Lord. Um But and the music fits so well in the moments, like when he's fighting Yuri or yeah, Yuri, I believe is how you pronounce it, the main protagonist. Um like both times. And just this whole like slum city instrumental is a freaking jam. Like it's the music just fits so perfectly in this passion project, which is another thing that gave me that vibe in comparison to Cowboy Bebop. The comparison to um, Samurai Champloo is just how well the music orchestrated with the action and
0: the fight scenes and just the crispness of everything. Yeah, man. Uh, Just the fact that everything ties together so incredibly well to build this world that you see. Like you see the the discrepancy between the the smucks slumming it, um, out the wasteland and like the hierarchy of of life, and the fact like you can, the reason this works is it's an underdog story that you can sort of climb and claw your way out of your situation, and there are costs to doing that. But you can reach your dreams even if things don't go exactly to plan.
1: No, 100%. And it's one of those things where you... When we had like My Hero and Season 4, that music was a huge thing in that. I felt like when there was moments where Deku had to exert him being a hero. And I feel like this music is so on point with the way storytelling and everything has evolved to where I feel like I could close my eyes and I could like feel what was happening with the song and what was happening with the anime based off how the music was going. And I feel like that was done so well in this anime, like in Megalobox.
0: Yes, certainly the, the themes and music tying into the action or setting of the show just fit so incredibly well. Now let's talk for a moment about sports anime in general. Like this is a genre that exists that has its high points and its low points. Um, What's your opinion about like sports anime in general? I feel like sports anime is one of the most underrated forms
1: of anime to be honest with you. Cause I feel like haiku Alone is one of the, in my opinion, one of the best anime. It's like in my top 10 anime. Well, it's in my top 20. Like, it might be in my top 10 when it's all done, but it's very prevalent in my life. And not just Haiku. Um, before that, Prince of Tennis was one that I watched growing up, which yes. was a great one. And um, like you said, Megalobox, I think is also fantastic. And another good sports anime that I would say would be um, Haji no Ippo, of course, and Run with the Wind, which is an anime about cross-country running, and then Chihayafuru, which is about a sport that they play in Japan, which is like memorizing haikus, which is so wild, and it was done by Madhouse. It has three seasons currently out, and Chihayafuru, and I am pronouncing that right, I made sure because I practice. is great. And also, Girls and Pantser is considered a sports anime because tanking is a sport. So, Really? Yes. Like, And also, um, Ace of Diamonds, another baseball one. Like, I've watched a lot more sports anime than I thought I had, honestly. Um, speaking of uh, just going back to it, Kuroko, Kuroko Baskets is another great one. Bro, what's your opinion of uh, Iwa Karewu? Climbing Girls. Climbing Girls, I haven't watched that. I wanted to watch it this season, <laughs> but the first episode kind of threw me off. And now that things are, like, calmed down a little bit, and we've got that in-between season of anime these two weeks before the winter season starts, I'm probably going to go back and watch it. But I'll tell you what my guilty pleasure is. Cycling anime. <laughs> like, bruh, yes. Like, there was... um. I think it was like the pedal club or girls pedaling or something like that, and I was hooked. Like, in like, I will tell you this: most sports anime are beautiful. I have not seen, I want to say, I have not seen a poorly animated sports anime in a hot minute. Like that could cl- <laughs> change with Climbing Girls when I watch it eventually. But all the
0: other ones have been superb. And yeah, and it, it's sort of like how do you tell the story of of a competition? visually in a narrative show and that's one of those things that like megalobox really ran into like all right we got this underdog story we've got this really skilled boxers sort of throwing fights to make money on the underground circuit because that's just how life is life sucks you got to make money whatever but it's like how do you use the vehicle of boxing to tell an interesting story and some shows are great at that like the cycling shows they're beautiful printed tennis is beautiful and like they sort of speak on the terms of the sport like oh you get that super backspin that's why he won he's got that secret technique he's a southpaw yeah I get it uh and sometimes they just sort of speak to you where you are. And I certainly think that, like, there's not a lot of boxing terms in Megalobox that would make you ask, what does that mean? Like, you can appreciate this story being shown to you in the fights and the competition if you don't know a lot about boxing.
1: Yeah, and that's another thing about sports anime in general, I feel like. I'll hear a lot of people say, oh, I don't watch sports anime because I hate sports and anime is my escape for sports and blah, blah, blah. I feel like... Sports has the common factor that we all want to win, and it's about overcoming hardships. Like, of course, it's going to be hard. And I know in Megalobox, personified is Joe is the underdog. Like, and a lot of times in life, whether we like it or not, we're the underdog. And this is true. And you know, the story, it doesn't, you know, spoilers in case you haven't seen it.
0: Joe doesn't win the final fight, but. Wait, it's, do, does he not? I just watched this final fight. So, yes, the secret to life is you don't always win. And certainly somewhere in Megalobox we see that. Like you don't get to have the fight you want. You don't get to win the fight you have. Sometimes things go in and and throw a monkey rich in your plans. And you have to figure out how to deal with that. And in this in the in Megalobox we really see that happen when like Joe's past crops up and that is a, a hindrance to him continuing. Yes. Like so now on the finish, we're going might as well just say this um, on the finish. Like all right, episode 13, we got the final fight between Joe who has been working his way up from the slums trying to get to the champion. We've got the champion Yuri who is like, I have ascended from needing any sort of mechanical assistance. I'm going to remove the surgically implanted gear that is going to make me a better fighter so I can meet Joe as an equal in the ring. They go a record number of rounds. And then, like, final punch, both of them hit the same thing, cut to black, move on. They show, like, the history. At the end of the show, the last thing you see is, like, a title card that's like 13 rounds ko two minutes in the 13th round winner gearless joe however like 30 seconds before that we see like oh well he didn't get to take the championship because he's some schmuck who doesn't have an id they want to do another one to give the champion yeah so yeah so he he wins the
1: fight but he doesn't win like the fight like he doesn't get the championship i guess
0: is what i'm saying like yes yes exactly so, that yeah he wins the fight he has a great fight he like that's what he wanted he wanted to, he didn't want the championship he wanted to fight the best guy and he did that and you don't necessarily get the belt you don't get the trophy but the the moral of the story with megalobox is really coming down to, and certainly we see this in other shows that you'll tell me about momentarily. That's the whole point. It's finding the pleasure and satisfaction in the fight, in the journey, in the accomplishment, more than it is simply the belt, the championship, the title.
1: Yeah. And like it's Joe finding reasons to keep fighting. Like it's reason at first. Well, his reasons are kind of the same throughout the whole thing, like the recognition. But it's where he gets that motivation from is what changes, I feel like. Because he has, before, it's just like, I'm Joe, I'm a loner, it's me versus the world. But then he starts to, you know, not become reliant, but he looks at this kid, Sachio, and, like, he takes him on as kind of like an apprentice or, not apprentice, but, like,
0: what would you call him? Like, just a mechanic, I guess? Like, he's certainly a team member. Um, The whole thing was, uh, you know, Satya some street urchin that is got a a rough lot in life too. So Joe like recognizes and he he feels something about him, but he's like, all right, well, we can't take you to uh, the championship with us. If uh, you're not bringing anything to the table, Satio goes out and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna bring something to the table and he does. So he's certainly a team member. He's still a kid. He's got a rough lot, but he knows about mechanics. He knows about boxing. And so he's got something. And Joe sees sort of his entire life in this kid. So he's like, all right, I'm not going to tell you don't hang around. Yeah. So we see.
1: Yeah, I've momentarily lost where I was going with that, But um, we definitely see that Joe has he's become more open to. People being there for him, whether it's just as a, a, like they become a team. He goes from being a loner, like a junkyard dog, because he says in the fight, which is one of my favorite quotes from the anime, is there's no gravesite for stray dogs.
0: Yeah, man. In the first bout he has with Yuri in the underground ring, he's like, what's your name, kid? Because I'm sure you don't want, you know, Junk Dog to be on your gravestone. He's like, they don't give gravestones to stray dogs. And it's like, what a line. Yeah, man. It was like in that moment where I was entranced and I was like, holy crap.
1: Like, this this is the ish. So just seeing, like, and, like, I feel like that line carries throughout the whole, especially with Nambu or Nabu, the coach, like, I feel like he, I feel like that line sets everything in motion to see because the coach has a shady pass. He has debt. He has a bunch of involvement with gangsters and things like that. And he's looking to get the cash prize from Megalomania or Megalomania to even his debts um, from betting on dog races and doing other deplorable things.
0: And man, the super backstory for Nanbu was like mind-blowing. So first you get this whole thing where he's this shady sort of uh, trainer who is just getting this kid to throw fights to make money, right? Okay, so he's just some schmuck doing the worst thing because he's got to. That's all it is. But, as we see through this series, like we find out his history, like how like we don't know what he owes, but we find out how he fell down this path in like episode five ish when he's fighting the soldier, um whose name slips my mind, but he's going up against the old student of. Uh, Nonbu, Joe is fighting number 17. Aragaki, I think his name is. Yeah, Agaraki. Aragaki, that's the one. Yeah. Which, that whole story for Aragaki uh, is like, bruh, what a fucking story to tell me. Like, the whole PTSD thing. Uh, Like, he was physically maimed in war, and now he's dealing with, like, there's no one for me when I come home and he picks up megalo boxing again because it's something to do. Yeah, and just seeing that like itself is saying
1: that they're like, and you believe that Nambu actually cared about him, like opposed to his personification or personification that he doesn't care about anybody. And even later, when you see that he's willing to not have the gangsters interrupt the fight. That Joe is having, he goes through and is like, I'll pay my debt by like
0: blinding himself. Yeah, man. Which was crazy. So the fact that like the whole thing, he's got one eyeball already. Something happened to the other eyeball we don't find out about, but it's presumably uh due to gang debt. And in the final, like they're in the finals. Joe has the chance to fight for the championship if he wins this bout. And of course, they the, the mobsters are like, we're going to stage this fight. And Nunbu is like halfway through the fight is like, all right, no, you know what? We're not doing this. I'm not taking this kid's dream away because my actions. So he's like, all right, kid, don't lose. And then he beats up the gangsters. And Bossman is like, you picked the wrong guy to sting. You pick the wrong guy to turn on. And then Nanbu cuts out his own eyeball to sort of pay the debt. And the mobster boss is cool with it because he's like, this is the one thing you really wanted. You wanted to see your guy at the top. And now you can't. So, you know what? We're square. Your debt's paid. Which is like wild and.
1: <laughs> it's like wild and sad at the same time for me because I'm like, I wanted, like, I wanted him to be able to see Joe. But at the same time I'm like I kinda have respect for the gangster being like, Yeah, you know, yeah, sure. If that's what you want it, yeah.
0: So it like, certainly. If if that's the price you're willing to pay for this, then here we are. Like, yeah. And and that sort of shows that like no one ever comes out totally unscathed. There's always a price. The the bed you make is the bed you have to sleep in.
1: Yeah. So Yeah, overall, I would say that Megalobots is good, or great even. I really enjoyed it. It was an unexpected gift in 2018, and I feel like it became like an instant classic as well. I'm not sure if we'll get a season two. Um, Some people speculate we will. I don't know, since it was a 50th
0: anniversary-like passion project. It's one of those things where it would probably take a lot of money based on the, the quality of the animation. And the stylization overall. But I'm hoping. I I, I don't know. Um, there's sort of a setup at the end of, of the show. Episode 13's like, all right, well, the person of the company wants to do a second tournament. So there's the setup. Is it actually going to happen? I don't know. And with the way that Megalobox ended, I think I'm content with it. Yuri, some reason, is in a wheelchair one year like after what happened but i don't know it, it's such a, like a rounded off fulfilling ending we don't see the final punch we don't see the results of the final fight but for some reason it feels okay that we don't we've seen all this action beforehand we we, we just get a result and live with it and that's okay
1: yeah, no, I'm okay with that as well. Like, I enjoyed the ending for what it was, and I like the infamy of the ending. So I would pretty much say I thought that was a good wrapped-up, signed, sealed, and delivered anime. Like, 13 episodes, got it done.
0: Yes, totally. If you like robotic stuff, if you like the dy- dystopian stuff, if you like boxing, uh, it's a great show to wa- check out. Um, so yeah, check it out. It's worth your time. Four and a half hours-ish, give or take.
1: Yeah, I'd say about that. Maybe like four or five.
0: But that's a wrap on Megalobox. Certainly check it out. You could check us out on all of your podcatchers. We're talking Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcast, Overcasts, wherever you prefer to get your podcasts at or on Twitter at your TSP. That's U-R-T-S-P. Kai, you got a Twitter too?
1: yeah you can find me at static dreads that's with a z um, for all your anime inquiries or retweets um, or anything but pretty soon you might be catching me somewhere else in the new year so keep looking out for that
0: yes also big note we're splitting the content breaker feed coming the new year that's going to be available on all of your podcatchers as well on content breaker the feed which is exciting Yes, I'm excited as well. So be excited with us. Come out, listen,
1: um, tell your friends, tell your friends' friends, tell your mom's friend, um, tell your mom's friend's Toxic
0: ex that she don't need him. Uh, Yeah. Bruh. Got to, though. Who else is going to do it? Uh, We won't, that's for sure. Uh, But we'll catch y'all next week here on Your Typical Shona Protagonist.